Bibles this morning out of reverence for the Word of God. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. I know y'all don't mind, but I'm going to shepherd you this morning. Is that okay? I'm un, I may be only an under-shepherd, but I'm going to stand in front of the great shepherd one day, the chief shepherd. Galatians 1, beginning with verse 6. This is Paul writing to the church at Galatia, but it's applicable to us at an individual level at different times and seasons, of course. Paul said, I marvel, it's, it's astonishing to me that you can be so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, which means in the original language, it, it doesn't even really exist. It's like an illusion, which is not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and they would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed, which means accursed from God, sent to hell. That's what it means. If we, John and any other pastor you listen to, no matter how known, recognized, and celebrated they are, if they preach to you another gospel, let them be accursed from God. That's what the scripture says. As, if we, as we have said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if yet I pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after men, which means it didn't originate with me. For I neither received it of men, neither was I taught it by them, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Very quickly before you're seated this morning, we are in the precursor of the great deception that will come when the man of sin is revealed. We are seeing the birth pains of deception, not global deception, not the world's deception, the professing believer. We have been served and substituted, uh, uh, diluted gospels, Polluted gospels, perverted gospels, mingled gospels to where for God it's all or nothing. You're either, you're either adhering to with a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the gospel or all the other gospels. Paul said, I just, I'm, I marveled that the anointing of hell is so strong that you would be removed from the simplicity that's found in Jesus, creating your own golden calf and pointing to it saying, this is the God that brought me out of Egypt. There is one gospel, one sacrifice, one savior. I want to preach to you this morning a, a, a message uh, kind of like to make sure for most of us that there's no part of this we're participating in and that we will make our calling and election sure by not embracing at all. If God's word said, let that, let that person be a curse to hell by damning the souls of others, I can't have association with that. I'm not judging the person, I'm judging the false gospel. 
I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on counterfeit gospels. Lord, I just uh, humble myself before you today, um, knowing that you know me better than I know myself. I'm an unprofitable servant at best, but I'm your boy, and I, I thank you for that. I'm asking that you would anoint me with an unction from heaven that would make these words like arrows to the heart. That for Lord, for the, those of us that are uh, intermingling with this deception, that the lights would turn on and we'd see that if it's not of Christ, it is anti-Christ. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And we, may we make our calling and election sure by being adherents to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus, your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. When you hear the word antichrist, it means the opposite of Christ or an imitation of Christ or in the place of. In the place of. The man of sin, the man of lawlessness will come on the scene and he will come in the place of the Jesus Messiah they rejected 2,000 years ago and will become, when his true colors are revealed, the opposite of. We are in an age where people can't tell you what the gospel is. They can't tell you what it is. They say, yeah, well, Jesus died on the cross, but that's, that's more history. Uh, the gospel is good news. The gospel, the good news, that's what the word gospel means. Yes, but good news from who? Applying to what? In what context? And that's what I hope to clarify today for just a few moments. The counterfeit gospels are an imitation. An imitation. The scripture reveals to us the eternal nature of Christ, the creation, the fall and depravity of man, God's plan of redemption, the forming of the nation of Israel, the coming of Messiah, the engrafting of the Gentiles, the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, his priestly mediation in the Holy of Holies in heaven, the pouring out of his spirit, the church age, the rapture of the church, the great tribulation, the defeating of the enemies of Christ at the battle of Armageddon, the millennial reign, then one last rebellion, and the beginning of the age of ages. The Bible tells us history in advance. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is not those things. It's part of the revelation of God's plan for man. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is the revelation of our depravity, our spiritual death, our separation from God and his impending judgment upon our lives. That for those who repent and believe, that judgment is halted, satisfied, and sufficient to reconcile us to God by the death of Jesus Christ and his substitutionary and redemptive work. I know that was a lot. But the gospel is, we were born in sin. Adam's nature was passed on to us. We were hopeless and helpless. Our sins were the evidence of our sin nature. And the gospel is, there's nothing that you can do about it. The church today makes it about being good and kind and loving. If I have AIDS, our 
stage four cancer and I'm good and loving and kind, I still have cancer, I still have AIDS. And the gospel is God revealing to us not only who we are, but who he is and how we can find that grace. In a nutshell, that is what it is. Now, it's part of the great picture of God's plan. But it has nothing to do with anything else except you could not, but God did. You can't do anything for yourself, but God can save you. It is not through effort. The Bible said salvation does not come through the will of man. You don't decide to. Well, I did decide to. No, no. By his spirit, he made you aware of your lostness. He convicted you, which gave you permission to repent. He wooed you. He quickened you. He made you alive unto himself. Salvation is of the Lord. And this gospel cannot be added to, taken away from, or modified in any way. When you hear someone... Y'all, it's every day. I, I see this every day I, in my studies, and I, I listen to sermons all the time, and I, I read books. They'll say, and to, to, to do good to all men, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the church will go, amen. That has nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the responsibility of the Christian. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is our moral depravity, our inability to offer God anything else but flesh. And if we live after the flesh, we'll die. But he, through the power of Jesus' redemptive work, redeems us, restores us, and brings him un us unto himself. That is the gospel. Now, some sitting here will say, well, that's just semantics. No! That's like starting off east and thinking you're going north. Giving out bottled water to people on the side of the street with my church sign and saying, we are living the gospel. No, it's a bottle of water. I'm fighting for your soul this morning. You might think this is simple or irrelevant. If I don't know what the gospel is, I can fall for what it is not. Ain't no matter of me doing good to somebody or me being kind or feeding the homeless, as wonderful as that is, the poor you have with you always. That's not the gospel. I'll tell you what it is. It's the outworking of the residency of Jesus in me. But it's not the gospel. Signs and wonders. That's the power of the gospel. And the church by the thousands. Amen. Bill Johnson in Bethel teaches this all the time. That's the gospel. You don't believe me? Just, just look it up. That's the gospel. It's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. The gospel is our depravity. And God's grace meeting each other. And him redeeming us. Number two, the counterfeit gospels are widely accepted as the truth, but are in fact not the truth. 2 Corinthians 4 says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the eyes of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We can, you'll hear them, we can win them by our love. No, we cannot. Well, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Me caring does not convince them of their depravity. We must preach the gospel. What we have are converts 
to a gospel that is a false gospel or it doesn't exist, which means they're false converts, and they're going to stand before the Lord with no covering for their sins. The bumper sticker came out years ago. I almost, you ever just see something on somebody's car and you just want to rip it off of it? But you know, now they got cameras. You can't do that stuff no more. It says, uh, what was it? Um, and then your brain doesn't work. And if, if nothing else works, preach the gospel. Something to that degree. If nothing else works, then preach the gospel. And I was like, what? When all else fails, or if nothing else is applicable. What, what's the, what was it, y'all? What? Well, yeah, I love that. Love wins. No, baby, truth wins. When he comes, what's written on his leg? Faithful and not love? Truth. Okay. And y'all are getting ahead of me in my sermon. But anyway, there's a bumper sticker that I really hated. And when I remember, I'm going to tell you what it was. Preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. Y'all, if we put our brains in a bird, it'd fly upside down backwards. And you know what the Hallmark Christian will do? Praise the Lord. You think I'm kidding. I see it every day. Preach the gospel, and if you have to, use words. What do you mean? Preach it with your eyes. Arms. With your hands. With your time in your pocketbook. And our hallmark heart says, ah, oh, and they die in their sins. The gospel is a message. It's not my expression. That's good. I'm getting my own CD and play it for myself. <laughs> Religious gospels. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and be an equal opportunity offender, make everybody mad and tell the Lord that I'm, I'm ready to go home. I, I've told them. Catholicism is not Christian. Are you, I'm offended that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Are you saying there are no Catholics that are Christian? No, I didn't say that. I said Catholicism is not Christianity because they have a distorted gospel, a perverted gospel that makes Mary the co-mediator of the covenant. If there, there's hundreds, by the way, don't get mad at me, I'm just telling you. Hey, I'm just telling you. Just that that Mary's going to help Jesus mediate the covenant of his death for my sins. Personal foul. Number 35. No. No, just that is a blasphemy. That I have to pray to a dead saint so he can go slip a word in for me because Jesus' blood didn't testify enough grace, enough supply, enough sufficiency. It's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. When someone, a vicar, has the equality of the words of Jesus, that's enough to just walk away. A damnable religion. Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, New Age, Scientology, they mention Jesus, but I just read you the scriptures. If anyone preaches another Jesus... Another Jesus that allows Rick Warren, 
uh, and his Chrislam that he's created where he tells the Muslims and the Buddhists and the Jews who have not believed in Messiah, we're all children of God. False religions. False religions preach false gospels. You have to be part of the Holy Roman Catholic Church to be a Christian. No, sir. Tell that to the thief on the cross. I love what the Reformed pastor said. He said, can you imagine the thief on the cross when he got to heaven? They said, what are you doing here? He said, the guy on the middle cross told me I could come. I heard that. I was like, "Woo, Jesus, that was good. The guy hanging in the middle said I could come. The gospel of me, false gospels, where I'm the primary figure, the reservoir to which everything flows into, the final authority, where my well-being, my desires, my goals, my needs, my opinion, my preservation, my promotion, my pleasure, and my satisfaction, and my interpretation of the Bible, my truth stands above all other things. How often do you read your Bible and you read Something and you see, I am a liar. I am in error. I am wrong. Whose knee bends? The social gospel. I've already covered that. Emphasis on social issues rather than my sin issue. Just the, just the phrase, the social gospel. <laughs> Th think of this. That's like having the imaginary Thanksgiving. The social gospel. The gospel is not a social issue. It's a sin issue. What of my sins that separate me from God? What of my sins that the wrath of God abideth on me? What of my sins that keep me separated from him? It's not an issue of expressing the love of God. It's a sin issue. It's not a social issue. The prosperity gospel. Oh, my God. Twisting the scriptures, again, part of the me gospel, to where the Bible is written for me to be healthy, happy, well, wise, to increase, next level, next dimension, how to succeed, how to be better than everyone else, yada, yada, yada. The gospel, and they call it the prosperity gospel. The gospel is a, it deals with sin. That's what the gospel deals with. The, the, the awareness of the magnitude of my sin and the humility of heart that it takes to receive the grace from God that removes that sin. Kingdom now gospel, which they said it's our responsibility to bring the kingdom to the earth and to establish dominion so that, so that Christ can come back. Have you heard, anybody else read or heard? It's been around for years. Just lift your hand up. Y'all participate. Kingdom now. We're getting the earth ready for Jesus to come back so that he can come back. Like Jesus is in heaven. Is it time? No. Okay. Do you see how mentally off that is? He's the Lord to come back when he wants to. And by the way, you can't have a kingdom till you have a king. Be careful of dominion theology and uh, manifest sons of God. And, and we're, 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 we have dominion. Well, the twisting of the scriptures, you, you can say that you want that. Show me some of your dominion over gravity, and then we'll talk. You know what? Common sense will shatter a lot of stupidity. Now, you want a bumper sticker? Common sense is no longer common. There's your bumper sticker. The gospel of relativism. Hello? 
All truth is relative. We have our truth. All roads lead to God. That's the Oprah gospel. Rel truth is relative. This is my truth. We have Bible studies. Watch this. Churches all over have Bible studies. And we open the Bible and we sit in a room and say, what does this scripture mean to you? Can I call a timeout? What if the person you ask that to is crazy? You ever thought about that? What does the verse mean to you? We're asking the person that's shacked up. We're asking the person in a homosexual relationship or covetous or proud or lives lives of greed. Well, the greedy person, I think it means to me that God wants us to be blessed and enriched. And everybody goes, oh, yes. Do you see how this permeates? What do you mean, what does the scripture mean to you? What does it say? What does it say? That's how we should read and study. And if I say anything that contradicts the word of God, I am in error and I am a liar, or, and or I'm a liar, or both. Truth is relative. All roads lead to God. That's like saying all roads lead to Florida. I'm going to get on 75 North and I'm going to get to Florida because I'm sincere. I believe with every fiber and all the, again, Hallmark people, she means it. I'm going to get on 75 North and I'm going to dip my toes in the sand and there's going to be seagulls and everything. No, you're going to hit snow. How arrogant of you. It is not arrogant to tell the truth. All roads do not lead to God. There is one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The gospel of love, yes, God is love, but that's not all he is. You're not, you're not a shock, a church that is bathing in uh, a diluted measure of the word of God and the, their understanding is diluted. And yes, listen, God is love. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, yes. But when's the last time you go to a church like that and you hear about the days of Noah and every soul on the earth but eight people died. Can I make it more graphic for you? Little mongoloid children floating face down. Teenagers. Handicapped. Lame. Face down in the water. Covering the face of the earth. God is a God of wrath too. And a God of judgment. And the gospel lets everyone know that the world was alienated from God. And there's no way they can get to God to be accepted by God, to be forgiven by God. And since they could not get to him, he came to them in the form of a servant and humbled himself and became the lamb of God for our sins and died for our sins. That whosoever believeth in that should not perish but have everlasting life. Quote Rick Warren, author of, of Purpose Driven Life and, and several different books to ashamedly something your pastor handed out to other people in my immaturity and ignorance. And God knows my heart. He, he judged me if I'm telling you something that's not true. I thought back then that if it was in a Christian bookstore, it was Christian. 
And I have begged the Lord to forgive me for any form of propagating such foolishness and ignorance and arrogance. Listen to this statement. And I quote, For me, how would be if God showed me all that I could have done through my life and all the blessings I could have known if I'd only trusted him a little bit more? Some of you will be more offended that I say that's the spirit of Antichrist than you will that he contradicted Jesus Christ. Hell would be to me to know that I did not enter into all that God had planned for me in blessings. No, hell is where everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life is sentenced to and thrown into a lake of fire and the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever. But we hear these phrases and because there's a measure of identifiable truth, we equate it to truth. And it's not truth. I would love to say to him, the error and insanity of your statement begins with the words, for me, when he said, for me, hell would be, it begins with that phrase, for me. As if your or my definition of hell, feelings or opinions of what hell is matters at all. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17 Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now very quickly, I want to read these to you. I just want to ask you this first. You have to contend. You have to earnestly contend for the faith that was delivered for the saints because this current is strong and this river is wide and people are falling off the reservation into this gospel that's another gospel. It's not the one. The one. Not little bits and pieces of the gospel mixed in. But you contend. You know what contend means? Fight. Earnestly contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints. Number three, these gospels are incompatible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 11. He said, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety that your minds would be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Jesus Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. Now you've heard me say that before, but think it through. What do you mean another Jesus? A Jesus different from the Jesus of the Bible. Same name, different person. This is Jesus and this is Jesus. This is John and this is John. Is it wrong John. Just because it has the name John doesn't mean it's the John you were referring to. He said if they preach another Jesus whom we've not preached. Or if you receive another spirit. Another spirit besides what? The Holy Spirit. So what did they get? A spirit. What kind of spirit? A demonic spirit. A deceptive spirit. A lying spirit. If they receive another spirit which you've not received or another gospel which you have not accepted, you put up with it. These gospels are incompatible. It's kind of like putting a little antifreeze in your key lime pie and saying, it's the same color. Some of y'all with healthy wives, and they try to tell you that, you know, they substitute cauliflower for sour cream and blend it up. They're both white. She, Kelly said, it, it's the same. I said, look at me. It ain't the same. 
I tell her, I said, baby, just because they're the same color don't mean they're the same. Go into Applebee's. They have a fat-free brownie on the menu. Again, I would just, I'm going to, one of my goals in life is to address the insanity. The obvious that we just overlook. Oh, fat-free brownie. Are you aware that every ingredient in a brownie is fat? Every ingredient in a brownie is fat. So if you have a fat-free brownie, what do you have? Something brown. (laughs) Tastes like a napkin. (laughs) How come we can see it in the world and not see it clearly that Jesus... His gospel is incompatible. When you touch it to another gospel, it ceases to be effective because it is complete. It is approved. It is accepted. It is divine. It is holy. And it is perfect. Needs no help from the knowledge of this world, which is foolishness to God. It's incompatible because it starts with a different origin. It has a different author. It preaches a different message. It has an alternative faith. It has a different Jesus. Not everyone that names the name of Christ named the same Jesus you're talking about. You need to understand that. I'm not judging their heart. I'm judging the Jesus. We're not, John, we can't judge their heart. I'm not judging their heart. I'm judging their Jesus. My Jesus is not a partier. My Jesus is not a homosexual. My Jesus is not pride-filled or racist. My Jesus, the, the scriptural Jesus. They preach another Jesus that brings himself down and will ask you, how can I be compatible with you? Shape me into something that you would like better instead of us falling before him on our face at the sight of him like a dead man, and he lifts us up and changes us into his image. When Moses went on the hill uh, up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, and he come back down, and Aaron uh, had taken all the gold from the people and formed this idolatrous calf out of gold, and everyone took their clothes off and were dancing around this calf. But the statement, these be the gods that brought you up out of Egypt, Think of this. Do you know what that is today? Do you know what the modern version of that? This is the Jesus that saved you. The one that will love you like you are and leave you like you are. Who will wink at your perversion and immorality and not say a word because that was the God of the Old Testament. This is a new Jesus. I tremble before my Jesus. He embraces me, but he chastises me, and he purges me. And every son or daughter that he does not purge and chastise are bastard children, illegitimate. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. It's the evidence that you belong to the real one. This fake Jesus, I love you. I'm good. You're good. We're all good. Just do what you want to do. Just check with me if you need me. And if you need more... I'm right there. And no one says anything. Because we're more afraid of what someone might think of our opinion than we are that people go to hell over a false gospel. 
having a different spirit. He just said, God's word says, a different Jesus, a different spirit, a different anointing, a convincing anointing. I've got a friend of mine that's living in a very immoral relationship, and I love her. She's a sister of mine. I love her greatly. And over the years, when we have contact, she will say, John, I'm, I'm closer to him today than I've ever been. I, I pray to the Lord every day. And I said, you're deceived and you're a fool. This is someone I love, love. And you know what the devil has done? He has sent other deceived Christ, Christians, ministers and believers to tell her, God, God knows how you're wired. It's, he's the one that designed you that way. He understands and they're willing to let her go to hell. And I tell her, I said, if every one of these so-called Christians walks beside you and tells you God's okay with you, I said, I'll lose you as a friend to keep you in eternity. Be not deceived. These people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not. Adulterers, adulterers, fornicators, uh, those that are arrogant, pride, lovers of money, those that love the world, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. A different spirit that makes me, a spirit, see, deceives, where I feel close. I'm praying and I'm weeping and God is close to me and God's nowhere around. But it, it's Jesus. A different Jesus and a different spirit. How do you know? Because the Holy Spirit woos you to holiness. That's how you know it's a different spirit. And how do you know it's a different Jesus? Because Jesus, the real Jesus, calls the shots and you change. It's not you calling the shots and him changing. It's a progressive Jesus. Progressing from what? Perfection? I got a progressive Bible. Better than the Bible? I know this is heavy today, but it's good for us, isn't it? Okay. These people, this gospel has a different approach and appeal. You'll see on, tele, on the internet clips of evangelism where the guy comes up and says, Hey, can, got a minute, I want to talk to you about God. God is amazed at you. God is, I watch them. I, I, I watch both sides. I watch enough of this side to get me mad, to go over here so I can better, more clearly articulate what's right. God, God is just amazed with you, and you're wonderful. He just, he just thinks you're one in a million, and you might as well cue the Hallmark music. And they, they start wiping their eyes, and can I just pray for you? God, just show them your love. And, 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 and the soul, the carnal soul goes, that's precious. No, that's damning because they have not dealt with the sin issue. The sin issue. No one, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to do what that guy does. Walk up to anybody, God thinks you're amazing. I know, I do too. And we're, everybody's good. And this gospel has a different fruit and a different end. What if you spent your whole life climbing a ladder only to find it out it's leaned against the wrong building? And number four, 
These false gospels are powerless. Paul said in Romans 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. The gospel is the power of God. It's that which makes possible the transportation from light to darkness, from death to life, from bondage to freedom. It's the gospel, the supernatural God dynamic of hearing a message and believing and him doing the work in the life and heart of the individual. These gospels are powerless to redeem, powerless to give new life, powerless to save, powerless to preserve, powerless to impart righteousness, powerless to enact adoption, powerless to seal with the Holy Spirit. Are you following this? How far they fall short, powerless to regenerate, powerless to deliver us, to cleanse us, to break us, to purify and transform us into the image of Jesus, powerless to bring, uh, bring forth spiritual fruit, and powerless to stand before a thrice holy God in his glory and judgment. I pulled a, a clip off the internet. That's why I kind of hurried. It's about nine minutes. I want you to see. This is uh, Valdi Bacham, uh, one of the ministers that I listened to. Only got about three that I listened to. But he talks about the depravity of man. And compare this to what Smile and Joel tells you on television, okay? Compare this. Guys, if you'd cue that for me. Far from it. Since the fall. With the first Adam as our federal head. We are averse to all good things. Listen to the way the confessions put it. Both Westminster and London. From this original corruption whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposed to all good and wholly inclined to all evil do proceed all actual transgressions. Our sins come from our sin nature. It's who we are. It's what we want. It's what we desire. So don't think of it as though we, we come into this world and we're innocent and we're really looking for a way to find God and a way to please God, but all of a sudden this world says, no, don't do that. And the devil says, no, don't do that. Actually, no, that's not radical enough. That's not sinful enough. That's not who you were. Here's who you were before you came to Christ. You came with fleshly desires that were against God. You came with desires of your body and your mind that were alienated to God. You came with desires that were evil. And the devil and the world did not have to seek you out. You rested in them. Because they gave you exactly what you wanted. The devil knows your name and you know his voice. You were convinced that he loved you as much as you loved him. The world is a comfortable place to you. It was all that you wanted. And that is because your very nature craved it. This is why the doctrine of original sin is so important. If we don't understand the doctrine of original sin, then we don't get this. We don't understand the, we don't understand the sinfulness of our sin. Because somehow we think that we're innocent. 
and, and our environment just somehow made us go all wrong. Nothing could be further from the truth. People who don't believe in original sin don't have children. Amen, somebody. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's not a little angel. That's a viper in a diaper. come into this world you can barely open your eyes for months you can barely hold up your head you have to hold grab his head now you can't sit up you can't talk you can't crawl you can't walk but you can let everybody know that you're running things The angry cry happens early. The demanding cry happens early. The stiffening up of the body, that happens early. It's so cute. No, that ain't cute. <laughs> One of the reasons God makes them so small is so that they won't kill you. One of the reasons he makes them so cute is so that you won't kill them. <laughs> we are sinners. See, we, we don't understand this. That's why we have no urgency about sharing the gospel with the nice old lady down the street. Because after all, she's just a nice old lady. We don't get this. That, that's why we stand up at funerals and, and say that people who never wanted to be with God on this earth are in a better place spending eternity with the one that they didn't want to be with here. Because we don't get this. We don't understand this. And because we don't understand this, we don't understand how desperate we are for a radical redemption. Actually, because we don't understand this, we don't think we need to be saved. We actually just think we need to be helped. We don't think we need good news, we think we need good advice. We don't need the gospel. We just need 10 ways to have a happy life and 5 ways to reduce stress. Because that's our problem. We don't believe this. And this is why we say, we, we hear preachers say it all the time. There's a guy down my way, down in Houston, Smiling Joel. Smiling Joel says, sinners don't need to be told they're sinners. They know they're sinners. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. 
They look at the guy on the news who hacks somebody up and they say, that's a sinner, not me. They don't sin, they make mistakes. You sin, but they don't. They make bad choices. They have bad patches. They have bad habits. But they're not sinners. They're not individuals who pursue their own fleshly desires at the expense of everyone and anything else. Unless they can be helped in their fleshly desires. They're not sinners who are under the influence of this world because this world is giving them exactly what they want, which is not God. They're not sinners who are under the influence of the prince of the power of the air because they love the prince of the power of the air. They're just people who sometimes make mistakes. The Bible says that they're children of wrath. And so were we. If you understand that you're a child of wrath, you understand that you don't need good advice. You need good news. Because there is no good news in this. This is all bad. There's no hope whatsoever. I'm dead. And I'm under the influence of this world that opposes God and the prince of the power of the air who opposes God. And what's worse, my flesh, my body, my mind, they like it and they want it and they don't want God. And I'm an enemy of God and I deserve God's wrath. By the way, here's a footnote. In case you were wondering, because so many people miss this one. Love to ask people, you know, even if you know you, you need to be saved, you know what you need to be saved from? God. Amen. Amen. You need to be saved from the wrath of God. This holy and righteous and just God. That's why we find verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. I love, there's no room there. There's no room there. There's nothing there. There's nothing God saw in you. It's just not there. There's nothing in you that rose up above the rest. It's just not there. The answer is, but God, you're dead. I don't care how many times you've heard the illustration. You're sinking, you're drowning, you're about to go down for the last time. And God throws you the life preserver, but you got to grab it. Dead men don't grab. Yeah, that's well, isn't it? Pastor John, you enjoy preaching messages like this today. No, but I enjoy the opportunity But because I, I know it's going to bring change to people. I want you, all of us, to come into a right understanding of what the gospel is 
so we can stand simply, exclusively, and all together in it. The good news of the gospel is that God did everything for my salvation that I could not do. That's the good news. And I am not ashamed this morning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't have to be good or moral or the one that searched him out. I can be the needy one, the diseased one, the leprous one, the rebellious one, the ignorant one, the arrogant one. I can be those things if he'll be the gracious one. And I'm not ashamed of that gospel. Because it's the power of God unto the salvation of my soul. I'll close with this. Over the years, Mama, we've talked about this before. Every now and then you have a dream and or a day vision. Uh, but I would say probably six or seven times in my life, I've dreamed that the rapture of the church happened. And in some, I hear the trumpet. I don't have words to describe to you. But my soul knew the sound. And in my dream, and I'm, I'm gleaning from several of them, I just start to lift off. Sometimes it's faster. Other times it's just a sense of buoyancy, like a helium balloon let go. I start to go into heaven. But there's one in particular. Uh, the theme is the same, but this special thing I want to bring out, all of them have one concurring theme. I scream the same thing in my dream. So I'm on the interstate and I'm walking. Why would I be walking on the interstate? I don't know. Uh, Kelly might have locked me out of the house or the car or something. I don't know. I'm walking on the interstate and the trump of God goes off and I can see the people leaving their cars. And out loud I say, that's the trump of the Lord. How am I going to go? And a cross come down out of heaven and got under me and I fell on it. I said, oh, the cross will take me there. So that's that dream. The cross will take me there. But the concurrent, the consistent dynamic, not in that one, but that, that's still the gospel message. It's only the cross that can take us to heaven. But in every one of them, I ask myself, so I say, there's the trump of the Lord. How am I going to go? How am I going to go? Or I'm rising and I say, God, I want you to know that there's no righteousness in myself. I don't bring anything to the table. Not one sermon, not one good deed, not one prayer, not nothing. My only hope is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. My only hope, my only hope. So what's going on? My soul in my sleep is letting him know if I don't get it from you, I ain't going to make it. So I'm in the gospel. And I'm secure. <laughs> ain't worried. They said, oh, the world's, the world's going to hell. They said there'd be a basket. They said there'd be a basket. You know, the world is going crazy. This ain't my home. My ark don't leak. John, are you certain? 100% certain. How can you be so certain? Because I don't have any part in my salvation. The perfect one did it perfectly. Would you stand with me this morning?
Would you just bow your heads for a moment? As you go out from this place today, I pray that you would give the Lord a few minutes of your time and just ask him, is my gospel polluted, Lord? Have I added anything to it? Or taken anything away from it? And then if you ask him this, Lord, give me discernment. I don't care if the masses believe something. Help me to see it for what it is. Help me to see the origin, the fruit of it, and, and reject and resist it. And I thank you for the good news that whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. I thank you that we're secure and no man can pluck us from your hand. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but when he comes, we know this. We'll be like him and we'll see him as he is. Make it clear for us, Lord, what the gospel is and what it's not. And don't let us be ashamed of the gospel. This world's gospel has no offense, but yours does. But the world's gospel doesn't have any salvation, and yours does. Thank you, great God. Saving Lord, redeeming Lord. Church, would you look this way before you go home? Don't be ashamed of this gospel. Don't be ashamed of it. You don't have to be arrogant to be confident. Say, no, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. And anything that contradicts that, just turn it off. We ain't got to straighten the world out, but it ain't coming in here. My daddy used to say, I can't stop a bird from flying over my head, but I can keep it from making a nest up in there in my hair, you know? Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you know the truth? And aren't you glad the Lord knows you? Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.